Hello, I'm Eric Chabro with the Information Security Media Group. I'm with Tony Sager. He's Chief of the Vulnerability Analysis and Operations Group, which among other things, coordinates the efforts by the National Security Agency to assess the security of the Defense Department and Intelligence Agency's computer systems. Among the tactics employed by the NSA group are the so-called blue teams, which provide a detailed analysis of the system's vulnerabilities, as well as the red teams, which attack the systems to identify weaknesses. Tony, thanks for your time. Sure, my pleasure to talk to you. Legislation before Congress would require agencies to employ red team attacks to determine how secure federal agencies' IT systems are. How do these teams work, and how effective are they? Yeah, you don't want to think of things like red and blue team testing as events in isolation. You want to see them as part of a process of continuous improvement. You don't get magic when the red team comes. You get uh, a deep understanding of scenarios under which you might be vulnerable. For us, you know, we have these standing organizations that are the red and the blue team, and we compose a team by job that is to support a particular a job that we do for a particular customer. And there's a lot more work than you might think negotiating up front what that job will be. It's not a free-form turn a bunch of people loose. There's a lot of consideration given to what is it the customer would like to learn or what are their objectives for the purpose of, say, bringing in the NSA red team. You know, is it to test parts of their defenses? Is it to test the readiness of their personnel? Is it part of a larger military exercise? So we want to understand the impact that adversaries could have on our ability to execute military operations. So there's a lot of discussion up front about ground rules and expectations. So there's a lot of careful planning involved in this before we would actually turn humans loose to to do testing. Is it possible that you could sort of walk us through a scenario with an agency in which this whole process works? Who meets initially with whom, and then where do you go from there? Our non-military support is probably more frequent on the blue team side than the red team side. There's usually an initial inquiry. We'd like some help, say, from the NSA blue team or red team. There's some series of discussions to kind of scope the job out. That often involves a site visit or um, pretty detailed technical discussions about the kind of technology to be found, this discussion of the objectives. What is it you're trying to learn? What problem are you trying to get a handle on? There would be discussion about timing because our folks are in very high demand, so it's almost never the case except in a crisis that we could be out there or, you know, physically or virtually overnight. So there's a lot of discussion about how do we synchronize the timing. You know, when you test networks, all kinds of things can happen. There's often preparatory work on the customer's end to be ready for a blue team or a red team. You don't want to be testing while you're in the middle of upgrading parts of your system, for example. And so you want to time the, the work so that the right people are around, the system's in a state where it can be instrumented and uh, stable. You know, you can, again, use it as a launch point to solve these problems. For us, this negotiation up front gets embodied in documents. We have a a formal agreement on the ground rules. Because of the nature of our work and who we work for, there's very careful oversight of the work, review by general counsel on both ends, to make official the agreement that we've worked out over the work that will be done. For blue team type work, then, it's typically something between a week to two weeks hands-on, on-site kind of work. Blue team work, again, is fundamentally different because it's very open, cooperative, uh, hands-on, typically on-site, working with system administrators, uh, working together to scan and understand the environment, develop recommendations. So it's very open in that sense. We'd leave them with 
some recommendations right up front, there would probably be a fairly quick turnaround, kind of an initial report with a more formal report to follow sometime later. Some customers are repeat customers, so there's maybe follow-up from previous work that we've done for them. Again, the goal is to make this something that helps them focus on the important problems that they've got in their net, to make it an improvement part. The red team work is fundamentally different. It's much more focused on playing mock adversary. So for a blue team, the goal is to have a very comprehensive, wide-ranging understanding of problems. And the red team, you might say, is much more precise, surgical, focused. Can I demonstrate an exploitable scenario, we would call it, or take advantage of a vulnerability to demonstrate a particular thing. For example, could I affect the command and control of forces? Could I remove this data? Could I corrupt this data in this context? It wouldn't be near the breadth, but it would be more deeper and closer to an adversarial look at a system under red teaming. What skills are needed to be a member of the red team or the blue team, and are these skills interchangeable? There are people that have done both. They're not typically interchangeable, I would guess. Let me start with the the red team. Again, there's this sort of adversarial mindset that we're looking for. So there's the basic technical skills. Now, to do all this upfront work that I talked about, I think most people would be surprised. This is not we just turn a room full of hackers loose on somebody. There's, number one, a a significant technical infrastructure that we have to have in place just to execute red teamwork. We've got planners. We've got, you know, the managers are involved to handle all the uh, the negotiating and the working through this. But in terms of technical skills, we've got to have people that understand the the technology of the network and how it's vulnerable. They range from the, the most creative to folks that know the kind of attacks that are typical, and they can kind of take the attacks as we understand them and apply them. And then there are people that can come up with attacks that have never been done before. They are often involved in operational jobs, but they have a you know, backroom job, too, right, to figure out new ways to, to go after systems. We have a, an understanding of all the mainline technologies we expect to see in our customer base and how they can be exploited. I want to point out exploitation is more than understanding a flaw in a piece of software, for example, or a vulnerability in a piece of technology. The stack from, I know there's a flaw in a piece of software, to how do I put together a series of steps to take advantage of that in the context of, a, for example, a DOD operational network is quite a bit of work, and there's a lot of thinking, and you have to understand what is critical, how does the IT support the customer's operations, and how can I undo their security uh, is more than just understanding the flaw. To turn the flaw, for example, into a, into a tool is often a highly complex technical step. To execute that tool in a stealthy manner, in a way that evades detection and so forth, uh, requires quite a bit of skill. So there's a whole range of, of folks that it takes to pull that kind of work off. We typically think of three bins, I think, of skills, sort of Windows and uh, Unix and kind of infrastructure, which is kind of the, the network itself and all the things that don't fall into the other two bins. Those folks typically uh, computer science degreed. Many are specialized in one particular area or another, but most of them have a pretty broad knowledge of technology, uh, how it implements you know, operations in our customer setting and then how to exploit it. They're very good with the mainline tools to scan and and find problems. We use a variety of tools, commercial and in-house, spend a lot of time sort of integrating across tools to make sure we get the best possible view of, of what those problems are. Do you do these assessments together, or are they usually separate? Out of the blue and the red, they work for the same line manager now, which was uh, a fairly recent phenomenon for us. But they're not closely synchronized. The customer base is very wide for both, and the objectives are different. We're often dealing, again, with, with the same commands, but they're not, the work isn't necessarily synchronized, like the blue team has to go in before the red team, because the objectives are, are dramatically different. So there's a lot of repeat business, that's fair, but, but not necessarily, again, synchronized that way.
the purposes are really different too. Again, think of the blue team as trying to get a, a wide and deep understanding of vulnerability to start the countermeasure process. Think of the red team as the dramatic demonstration of how we're vulnerable. And you do that kind of as a test, or you might do that because decision makers are unsure how bad their problems are, or you need to change someone's mind, perhaps to spend money or to make big decisions about what, what their biggest problems are. You know, we wouldn't claim that a red team test, for example, gives you the same breadth of understanding that a blue team job does. They have really different purposes. With the red teams, how do you create the teams? Uh, where do you go to recruit them? Uh, how many people are on the teams? It's bigger than you might think, 8 to 15. They're supported by a significant number of people around infrastructure and planning and so forth. But the technical people that work the operation, you know, is in the dozen range, something like that. Our workforce is a mix of military and civilian, all government employees. Uh, we do have some contract help in some of the infrastructure and tool development, I believe. And I think that makes us an anomaly in the DOD and the IC, right? that we're entirely government employee, again, military, uh, uniformed, or civilian. Uh, teams are built on a per-job basis, so they all work in the same line organization. Once you sort of figure out what the objectives are, the team is composed, both based on availability, but also the skills that people have to execute the objectives of the exercise for, uh, for red team. Is this a full-time job for these people, or do they do other things, and then when there's a certain situation, you bring them in? They're all full-time assigned to the red team or to the blue team. There's other things that they do on any given day, but, but this is their full-time occupation. So we recruit directly into there, or we get folks out of the military. Most require some uh, technical training and development once they wind up on board with us. We have a pretty organized program, say, on the red team side of, you know, what are the uh, essential skills I think we are technically the certification authority for red teams across the DOD, so we determine what constitutes an official red teamer uh, for the DOD, and you know we, we develop that based upon some years of experience. For us, actually, the, the red team model and blue teams are actually, um, by government standards, pretty mature business models. We've been doing this for around 10 years. So we have a pretty good notion of how we bring people in, absorb them, train them, develop them to manage the turnover of military, uniform military personnel. So we've, we've always got fresh folks coming into that job who need to be trained. Then there's a constant refresh cycle around new technology and so forth. There's a part of the business that is kind of unique to us and, and where the military really helps us is you know, again, we're not attacking networks in the abstract. We're looking to achieve an operational effect. Right. And so the fact that the military folks often come in with a pretty good understanding of what is it they're doing out there? What is the operational mission? How does information technology support that? And what are the critical vulnerabilities that would cause problems with the IT to disrupt the mission objectives? So in a business sense, it's not just about going after technology. Right. It's, it's even in the business sense, you'd have to worry about the integrity of data, the availability of it, the confidentiality of it. And you'd want to have your red team understand enough about those things to know what's really important, what really matters, and how does IT synchronize with these important business issues. Otherwise, it's you know, you're just going after the technology, and you may not be hitting the really critical things. On the red team, how many are military, how many civilian? Uh, red team side, about two-thirds uniform military, about a third civilian. It's probably percentage the other way on the blue team side. We're mostly civilian on the blue team side. It's a small number of military on, on the blue team side. That was NSA's Tony Sager. Tony will be back for a second go-around in our next podcast interview. He'll discuss efforts to recruit red team members, as well as how the findings of the attacks are shared with agency IT managers. For the Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.